I believe that this year is a year that we need to learn to pray unto the Lord. We need God in our hearts. We need God in our, uh, in our jobs. We need God in our families. We need God uh, in our government. We need God in our churches. Amen. We need God, and we need to learn to pray. And, and uh, so we were able to pray, and we were able to pray for a lot of the individuals that were going through some uh, physical illnesses and sicknesses and some disease and just couldn't make it. Brother Tony, it's good to see you here this morning. Amen. God bless you, brother. <clears throat> We have been praying for you. We have been praying for sister. They have been going through some things physically. And, uh, you know, in visiting with him, you know, he says, you know, I, I miss being there. I miss being among my brothers and sisters. It's so good to see you here this morning. Amen, brother. We've been praying for many others. Uh, my mother-in-law, who uh, is out of rehab now, and uh, she is home. Yes, yeah, she's at home. And uh, so continue to pray that God would give her the strength. Uh, this morning, I received a, a text message from uh, Delta. And she says, Pastor, I will not be able to make it. I'm still not feeling 100%. So let us continue to uh, keep praying for Sister Delta. She's going through some, some hard times physically right now. But we are believing and we're trusting that God, amen, we serve a God of miracles. And it all is in His timing and not our timing. Amen. It's all in His timing. And we say, Sister, we're going to be praying for you. She says, Please tell my church family that I love them and that I miss them so much. And uh, she expects everybody after service to go over there and... Uh, no, but please take some time to call her and, and just share with her and pray with her and encourage her. Amen. Can you say amen to that? We need to learn to encourage one another. So we've had a, a, a good week. Uh, it's been a good start for us this year. How many of you guys are ready for 2014? Amen. I believe God's got some good things. Only six of you. Man, I guess some of you guys... <clears throat> We need to have another week of prayer, sister. I think that's what we need to do. But uh, hopefully you've, you've had everything and you've, you've prepared everything for 2014. And I believe that God is, is moving in, in a uh, different direction for us for at Trinity. It's a year of transition for us here at Trinity. Amen. A year of change. And I believe it's good change. Can you say amen? I believe it's good change. And uh, uh, so we've been praying. Let us continue to pray also. I think uh, all the students are back at school already. And uh, we also have some college uh, students that are going to be going back this week. I know Alyssa, she's going to be leaving back. Uh, you know, she, she can't wait to, to, to get there. You know, it was one of those things, you know, Dad, I love you. I love, you know, being here at home. I love the church, but I miss my other home. I says, okay, well, I understand. Amen. Uh, I believe it's just the freedom that she has over there. She can come and go when she wants. Amen. But uh, let us keep them in prayer. Uh, we'll, we'll go. We're going to be dropping her off this, this evening. We're going to be heading over to Wax Angel. So how many of you guys are praying for your pastor? Amen. Yeah. Amen. I hope that you're praying for me because I could sure use your help. Amen. You know, it's during these times at the beginning of the year and throughout these things. Uh, and uh, I need your prayers. Amen. I need you guys to be praying for me. Uh, thank God I've started full-time in ministry. I am full-time here at Trinity. Amen. <laughs> And I'm excited, and, and this, this past week was my first week, and I was telling my wife, I says, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I've got to get used to, you know, I just want to make sure that I, I, I'm able to balance everything out, and, and uh, so far it's been good, as long as I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, can you say amen, uh, I think things will work out well, so I thank God for that, because God's opened that door of opportunity for me, and also for Trinity Abundant Life Church, and thank you, church, so much for all your prayers and all that you guys do for us. We're excited. Amen. God's word tells us that for everything, there is a season and a purpose. God has a purpose for you and God has a purpose for myself. And the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that 
for every time, right? There is a purpose, there is a season for everything. I recall when I was uh, in the eighth grade and uh, uh, when I went to school there and uh, attended Muleshoe Junior High. Amen. I know it's middle school now. Okay, they changed the name. I don't know why. But uh, I attended Muleshoe Junior High, and I was in, uh, uh, in eighth grade there. And I remember that I thought that it was my season in eighth grade. I mean, it, we were, I was about to go into uh, being a freshman in high school. And, you know, when we were, I was on top of the world. I was, I was an eighth grader, finally. Amen. And, and I, I made all Fs through the, my seventh grade year. So I don't know how I got into eighth grade year. But I finally made it. And it was football season, man. And I, I love to play sports. And uh, uh, I remember when I, I, uh, I started playing uh, football, one of the things that I recall or remember that I love to do was, especially in West Texas as you're playing during that season, is that there's snow and we got to play in the snow and, and all these other things. It was a lot of things. Plus all the uniforms. During that time, they supplied every one of your uniforms from, from your cleats to everything. Now, I think you have to pay for everything, right? Pretty much everything. And, uh, but uh, I remember uh, when football season would come along, I'd be all happy to get brand new cleats, shoulder pads. Everything was brand new, you know, mouthpiece and all this. All is all excited. Eighth grade year was a good year for me. It was my season. Amen. And uh, actually, I, I, played, uh, I played running back. I played uh, punter. I played kicker. I played punt returner and kick returner and sometimes cheerleader. When they didn't have cheerleaders, I would, you know, I, I did just about everything. It was a small town. And, uh, but it was my season, man. That season, I, I was gaining between 8 to 12 yards of carry. Yeah, I was. I was getting, I was good. as a matter of fact, I, 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 I had an all-time record of returning punt returns and kick returns. It was my season, amen. And I thought, you know, God, this is where you're leading me to go. Football is going to be what, what you're going to do. I'm going to become a professional football player. When I got in my freshman year, things changed. I grew three inches, but everybody else grew three feet. <laughs> So my purpose and my time had already gone. I said, okay, God, I guess that's not for me. But God tells us there is a purpose and a time for everything. Can you say amen? amen. This morning, I'm going to start a three-part sermon series entitled The What Factor. Right? The What Factor. Not the X Factor, right? Not the Fear Factor. Not the O'Reilly Factor, but the What Factor. Romans 8.31 tells us what then shall we say in response to these things? Paul is writing in Romans and he says, what then shall we say about these things? What things is he talking about? Well, to us this morning, he's letting us know that if God is for us, who can be against us? Those are the things that he's talking about. And if we don't stand condemned, pardon me, but that we've been justified by God himself. Those are the things that he's talking about. What then shall we say in response to these things? That if God is for us, who can be against us? That we don't stand condemned, but we've been justified by God the Father. And that Jesus died, but then he rose again and he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for you and me. What things that nothing can separate us from the love of God. What shall we say in response to these things? Part one of my sermon series deals with what was. Amen. This morning I'm going to talk to you about what was. Hopefully you'll go home and you'll be asking that question, what was. 
What was God's purpose and plan for mankind? What was his purpose for humanity when he created man? If you go with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 29, that is my main scripture here this morning, and talking to you about what was. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, what was? Please excuse me if I get up here and I confuse the words and I say, was what? Okay? I have a habit of saying things backwards all the time. My wife gets mad at me and my children get mad at me because now I speak to my grandson and I say things backwards and says, Dad, don't be saying that because now he's going to learn things backwards. So I say, sorry, am I? Instead of, I am sorry. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. It reads this way. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 20, uh, 28 verse uh, uh, part A, it says, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Verse 29 tells us, then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant uh, on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. What was his purpose for my life at the age of 15 years old, that I find myself at a youth camp in Roaring Spring, Texas, where I allowed God to come into my life and I gave my life to him completely. And the Holy Spirit, I was baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit during that day. And I received the, the, the speaking of tongues. What was his purpose of my life at 15 years old? What was your turning point when you realize that the only thing that really mattered in your life was serving God. What was your promise intended for for this coming year? What was God's intention for your life, for your children, and for your children's children? What was his purpose? Why were we created? Why do we exist here on this earth why did God allow us to have a new year of life? Why is it that God allows doors to open where doors are closed? What was? The answer is the Bible is very clear. And can I tell you what was is still relevant today and until the end of time. God said to Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 3, he says, I am that I am. You see, he exists then, he exists now, and he will always exist. I am that I am. What was is still relevant today until the end of time. Can everybody say what was? I just want to keep you awake. Amen. Jesus tells us in the book of John, I am the bread of of life. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. John 10, 7, I am the door of the sheep. John 11 tells us that I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6 tells us I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. And John 15 tells us that I am the true vine. You see, what was during this time when Jesus was there is still relevant today. He still is the truth, the way, and the life. He is the true vine. He is everything that we need. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What was is still the same or it's relevant today. What was promised back then is promised to us today. If God promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us, it's the same today. We are not alone. If God promised to be our healer, can I tell you here this morning, he is still our healer today. If God promised that one day he would be back, can I tell you that soon he is coming back? What was is still the same today and to the end of time. In the Old Testament, writers demonstrate or describe the purpose of why they believed we exist here on this earth. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 12, he says, Here is the conclusion of the matter. We are here to fear God and keep his commandments, for these are the whole duty of man. You see, Solomon began to say, you know what? One of the things that we were created for is to fear God. Not in a way that we can't get close to God, but to fear him in reverence. To know that God deserves to be reverend. Amen? To fear God about what it is that God can do in our lives and change our lives. And that one day that if we decide to go a different direction, we are headed toward destruction. And Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes that to fear God and to keep his commandments is our duty as men and women. And to keep his commandments. To do what his word tells us. How many of you guys, it's very difficult for you to follow rules? Right? Growing up, you know, that was probably one of the most uh, uh, things that I really had problems with is following my mom's rules. And I'll tell you, she would say, Misael, and that's my real name. She said, Misael, and when I heard that, I knew that I was in trouble. And she would tell me on Saturday mornings, Misael, do not leave this place. Stay in this, in this area, in the, in, the, in the yard. Do not leave. And as soon as she walked away, I was gone. I had a problem of following rules. We had bought a brand new couch one time. My sister laughs because she knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> and I had just finished bathing, which I did once a week. <clears throat> hey, that was good. And you get out of the bathtub and there'd be a big old ring on there. And it's like, uh, <clears throat> but it was really my sisters that went before me. And then I went, <clears throat> But we had a brand new couch. We were all happy. I can't remember what, how old I was. I was probably about two years old. No, I was actually older than that. And I get out of the tub and we're there and I'm playing with this hanger that I have. And I begin to unravel the hanger and I undo all the hanger and I'm kind of just playing with it. My mom looks at me and she knows me already. She says, Misael, do not play around that couch. You're going to poke it and make a hole in it. No, I'm not. Two minutes later, she walks away, and I'm playing. I go, oh. I said, oh. 
you know, and I says, so I pick it up and I put my arm on it, and she comes back, and of course, you guys know as parents, we, you know when something's wrong, right? She says, what did you do? I said, nothing. She told me to stand up. She saw that, and man, I was grounded for about two months, and I got spanked every day from that time. <laughs> on a set schedule, too. It's like at two o'clock, come into my office. and. <laughs> but I had a hard time following rules. And here Solomon is telling us, he says, look, listen, one of the things that you and I were created to do is one, is to fear God and to follow his commandments, to follow his rules. Everything that the Bible tells us, we need to learn to follow. Solomon is saying that life is all about honoring God, honoring God with all our thoughts and how we live our lives and how our character is and what we do and how we represent him Out of this church building, amen. We need to be people, men and women of integrity. The same kind of person and individual that you are here in this church, in this building, when you walk out, you have to be that same type of person. And Paul says, our purpose in life is to honor God in all that we do, for we are the temple of Jesus Christ. And we represent God the King in all that we do. And everywhere that we go and everything that we say, we represent him. And Solomon says, honor him. That is our purpose. That is our duty to honor him with our thoughts and lives and to keep his commandments. King David writes in Psalms chapter 17. He says, I will see your face when I awake. I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. You see, what was most important to David is to be with God the Father and to be like him. Can I tell you, our purpose in life is to be like him. It's to live like him and to do everything that we can possibly to be like Jesus Christ. Now, none of us are perfect. You are probably saying, Pastor, there's absolutely no way that we can be like him. For the Bible tells us that he was perfect, but we need to strive to be perfect. We need to work at being perfect and being like him. Being humble, amen, and and showing compassion and loving one another, caring for one another, lifting each other up, being there for one another, amen, and not tearing one down, but picking them up. To be like him is our purpose in life, to honor him. And our purpose in life is to say, you know what, one day we will reign with him. One day, God, I will wake up and see your face. And this was David. He says, my thing, my purpose of life is to do everything possible because when my time comes, when I am no longer here on this earth, when my time uh, uh, seems to exist and nobody is going to understand or, or I'm gone from this place, my purpose is to know that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to see your face. And to know that I want to be like you. Asaph, I think I say that right, expresses in Psalm 73. And he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing that I desire besides you. How many of you guys remember when you were dating? Or you're dating. And everything that you promise is, man, baby, I love you. Hopefully you're of age, okay? Now, if you're, if you're you know, young... Uh, you know, hopefully you weren't saying that, but once you got to that, that point in life where you understood what love truly was, and you told that person, you know what, I love you, I, I desire to be with you all the time. 
I'll call you, honey. You know, as soon as you get on your car, call me. As soon as you get off the car, call me. If you drop your keys, call me. I desire to hear from you and to be with you. Before you go to bed, call me. Right? And if it's football season, don't call me. That's not right. But Asaph desired Christ. He desired to have a relationship with God. And nothing else mattered in his life. Can I tell you that without a relationship with God, life has no real purpose. If we don't have Christ in our lives, and if he's not involved, and if we don't have a relationship, then everything is useless. It's useless if I was to tell somebody that I love them dearly and never called them and never did anything for them, never communicated, never had a relationship. He says, hello, it's been three weeks. Why don't you call me? Why don't... Oh, well, I thought if I just told you one time, that was it. As Christians, we do the same thing with God. Our relationship, we don't take time to pray anymore. We don't take time to read his word. We don't take time to fellowship and and have authentic community anymore. But we wait and we wait and we hesitate. Hey, that rhymes. (laughs) And we don't give him the time. And our relationship between us and God is broken. And God desires our relationship. Can I tell you that our purpose in life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's to constantly know who he is and what he does. Can I tell you, without a relationship, God can't communicate with us. God can't give us direction. And we have no place to go because we don't communicate with God. And Asaph says, having a relationship with God mattered to him above everything else. And then the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. And Paul says that he wants nothing more than to know Christ and to be found in him and to have his righteousness and to live by faith in him. Listen to this. Even if it meant suffering and dying. Paul's purpose was to know Christ Obtaining righteousness through his faith in him and living in fellowship with him. That was Paul's purpose. That's our purpose is to know who he is and to live by faith. Can I tell you, as believers, as born again believers, we can't see things in the flesh anymore. That's why Paul writes, says, it's no longer me, but it's you, Christ, living in me. That is our purpose Can I tell you that when God came into your life and he changed your life, it's no more the carnal. We can't see things in the carnal anymore. Jesus had a hard time with his disciples as he was walking with them and he would talk to them and share with them. And they would say, "Uh, uh, Jesus, I I have one question. What is that? What do you mean by that? And I I imagine him rubbing his head, right? And the gel on his hair. No, he didn't have gel. He rubbing his head and says, How much longer do I need to be around you guys to understand what I'm trying to tell you? It's no longer in the flesh. Brothers and sisters, we can't dwell in the flesh anymore. 
When we begin to see things, Paul writes and says, it's no longer God, me, living in the flesh, but I need to see things in the, uh, by having faith. I need to have faith, God, that you're going to heal me or you're going to heal my family. We need to see by faith. We need to be in the supernatural. If you've got some bills coming up next week, whatever, you need to say, you know, God, you have already taken care of that. I don't need to worry about that. I don't even need to think about it. Lord, I'm going to put all these bills on this table. I'm going to gather my family, and we're going to lay hands on these things and say, God, we give them to you. And move on. Stop dwelling in the past. Stop dwelling in the negative. Be positive. And God says, move on. And this was Paul. His purpose was to know Christ and to obtain righteousness through faith in him. And living in fellowship with him. Can I tell you, we need to live in fellowship with God. We need to get on our knees and we need to pray every day and have communication with God. We need a relationship with him. God wants to use and we have a purpose in life. You have a purpose in life. I have a purpose in life. And the only way that we're going to know what the purpose is, is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's a highway. Can I tell you that from the beginning, God's purpose for man was this. One, to establish authority. As we read there in Genesis, amen, it talked about how uh, God had given us the authority when he, when he created. He says, look, I want you to rule over all the earth. And everything that I have created, you will rule over it. God has given us the authority to be rulers. I'm talking to the men here this morning right now. God has called you to be the leader of your home. You are the priest of your home. And if your home is broken and there are things that are going on, can I tell you, it's going to relate back to you and God's going to come to you directly. You're the one who prayed for this family. You're the one that prayed for this young lady that you loved her and you cared for her and you would provide for her and do everything possible for her. What are you doing? What is going on? You are the priest of your home. You make things happen. If, you don't, if nothing else is happening, then you get on your knees and you begin to pray and say, God, help me to deal with my wife. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> help me to deal with all the problems and all the issues that are going on. God, I pray for my children. If my children have come rebellious, God, give me the patience. Give me the willingness. Give me something, Lord God. Give me a, a, a brick or No, not a brick. Give me some. But touch them. Help me to be a man of integrity. Help me to get on my knees and pray and begin to pray for my family. Help me that, I, that, peop, that my family would be able to see me to open up the scriptures and read and take time to spend time with them and show them. Help me to be a man of integrity. Take my family to church. And stop giving them the option, do you want to go or not? Today is Sunday. Let's get up. Let's go. God has a word for us. And God has given us that authority. That is our purpose in life. As women and as children and as youth, God has given you a purpose of authority. Can I tell you, young people, that if you're here this morning, God has given you the authority to be able to take this to your schools. Be leaders at your schools. Don't be followers, but be leaders. Have that authority in your work and all that you do. God's purpose for man was to establish authority. 
and to live a life of abundance and prosperity. We just finished reading there in Genesis. God says, I have given you everything on this earth. It belongs to you. Can I tell you that God has given us a purpose to have authority and to be prosperous? We may not have all the money. We may not have all the riches. But I guarantee you, my family is healthy. I've got a job. I've got things going on in my life. I'm in ministry. God is working through me. God is working through my family. I I am part of ministry. I'm doing something. And God is good. And I am prosperous. And God says, look, listen. Everything that I have created belongs to you. And God has allowed us or has given us the purpose to to be able to have things in abundance and prosperity. God's purpose for man was to establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, I long to be with you. I long to hear from you. I long to spend time with you. And our purpose is to take that time and to worship him. And to glorify him. And to lift him up because of who he is. Not what he has given to us. Not just because of what he's promised. But because of his grace and his mercy that endures forever. And his purpose for us is to establish that personal relationship with him. To love him and to care and to share his word with others. To spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was the purpose. But can I tell you, man sinned and he fell and we were separated. So the problem of what was, everybody say what was. What was created for purity and eternal was now dark and filthy, leading us into destruction and death. Romans 6.23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death. So what was now required someone to justify and redeem man from their sin? And then all of a sudden Jesus steps in and he takes the sin of man. And God the Father justifies our actions and what was broken And separated between man and God has now been reestablished. You see, what was, what God meant for the good, all of a sudden man came in and we sinned. And we thought that we were lost forever. And then Jesus comes in. And what was became relevant once again. And through eternity. Can I tell you that God's purpose in this life is one, to glorify God and enjoy fellowship with him. Two is to establish good relationship with others. Can I tell you that our purpose in life is to help one another, to love one another, to lift each other up, to care for one another, to be there for one another, to pray for one another. That's our purpose, is to have authentic community, to gather together as fellowship and and saints and to pray together. Did you know that when, when, when you prosper in life and when, you, when God blesses you, can I tell you that it blesses everybody else in the family? You know, one of the things I, that I look, I look forward to is when I get a little bit older, which is many, many, many more years. I believe that the blessings that have been passed down to my children, they are soon going to be passed pass it back to me. All the money I spent on them... I pray God give them a good job. 
so that when we're ready, they're going to be able to put us in a nice home. Amen. And afford it. But God's purpose for our plan is to establish good relationships with one another. We need to learn to love one another and have good relationships with one another. Be there for one another. And the third thing is to work for his kingdom. Number four, and also was to have dominion over the earth, to establish leadership here on this earth. Can I tell you, we need good leaders today. Our government is in trouble. Our cities are in trouble. Our communities, even in our local churches, some churches, we're in trouble because we don't have the leadership that wants to rise up. That is God's purpose for our lives. So what was established was corrupted. What was once destined for destruction has now been saved. What was once promised shall all come to pass. The what factor. What was. Can I tell you that what God intended for us 2,000 years ago is still relevant today and to the end of the earth. What God has promised us, what God has for us, what God has said, Trinity Abundant Life Church, in the year of 2014, you will see growth. I believe it. God has great purpose in our lives. And what was is still relevant today. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Pastor Mike Piscina of Trinity Abundant Life Church. If you're ever in the area, please stop by and join us for corporate worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 412 Cumberland Drive in Austin, Texas, 78704. If you would like more information, feel free to call us at area code 512-447-4711. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Trinity ALC. Thank you and have a blessed day.